when we when we moved here in 2015, um, it, it was it was my heart to elevate people beyond a church experience. Um, the reason part of our statement says true life in Jesus is that's a holistic statement. So as your pastor, I don't just want salvation for you. I really want you to thrive in this life. And I, I think um, I think a lot of people do stop at that salvation point, but there's much more for you physically and, and mentally. Today is is we're going to talk about finances and uh, I want to give you some thoughts on how to how to how to angle your life so that you can maximize your finances before the Lord calls you home. And so um, all I ask for is open hearts and uh, it's, it's going to be good. I want to I want to lift you up today. So uh, many of us experience financial valleys. Uh, many of us are in a financial valley right now. And valley strategy is all about what to do when you're down, what to do when you're discouraged. And so hopefully we've, we've given you some handles throughout the series. But um, a, a little research here, um, some financial stats. 77% of Americans are anxious about finances. Um, 65% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 51% don't have enough to cover three months of expenses. And 86% of Americans believe that financial literacy should be required in school, in which I agree. And so um, the bad news is that many of you may be in a valley. Some of us are in a valley. But the good news is that you can get out. If you give it enough time and if you apply the wisdom of God, no matter how old or how young you are, you can get out of the financial valley. And I thank God for his word. It says this here in Proverbs chapter three. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. So don't lean onto your understanding, right? I think that's half of the reason why we're in the position we're in, the, you know, the bad habits and the, the emotional spending and the retail therapy, uh, the eating out, the, the credit cards. Um, we, we're leaning too much on our own understanding. And as a result, we get into a lot of trouble or it's, this isn't a bad word. This just means you don't know, or it's ignorance, right? We, we saw mom and dad do it this way or, or uncle do it this way. So now that we're coming into coming of age, we do it the same way that they used to do it. So that's our own understanding. But the Bible says this, seek his will, talking about God, in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Keyword there, he will show you. So he's going to show you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to bind you up and say, spend your money this way, budget this way, you know, do it this way. But he will he will give you something to consider. Right. And so today is entitled financial considerations. Just a consideration. You don't have to. But I, I want to consider a few things. He will show you the way. And when the Bible talks about finances, it it's it paints a picture of prosperity, and thriving, margin. There's no reason why every person in this room within the next five to ten years can't be thriving financially. 
But it's, it's you got to make some decisions. You got to implement some discipline. And you got to get serious about your finances. And um, so, yeah, I want to give us three financial considerations. All right. And so, number one, consider your future. Consider your future. Millennials, just one generation out of all, millennials will need over $2 million saved to retire comfortably. That is a lot. That is a lot. Um, Gen Zers will need 2.5 to 3. Alpha, I'm sure if you do the math, will need 4 million or so. Due to inflation and the fact that we're allowing anyone into our country. Okay, let me keep moving. Everything will become more expensive. So just know, right, it's demand, right? You're going to need millions of dollars to retire comfortably. So I want to give you two questions. What am I doing to prepare for my financial future? Something to think about. What am I doing right now to prepare? Because you do have a financial future. You have a future. And number two, what do I want my financial future to look like? That's that's vital. Because you have the power to determine that. And and keep this in mind, no one's going to save you. So now I I must really think about this. So I can't afford to wake up tomorrow and not want to go to work. We're going to deal with the how next Sunday. So I'm sneaking a mini financial series into this. Like it's a two-part financial series, but it's part four and part five of Valley Strategy. So we, we can't wake up tomorrow not wanting to go to work because the Bible says that in all work there is profit. So if I don't work, I don't make money. And what we got to do is we got to turn that negative attitude about work and we have to create a positive outlook about it because Adam worked hard. God worked. Jesus worked. Paul worked. Moses worked. Joseph worked. David worked. Esther worked. Ruth worked. Any Bible character that is a hero of yours, they worked. And they took pride in their work. And so what does my financial future look like? Here it is, because it is a reality. And um, many of us know people who, who have you know, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, for decades, it's been the same story when you get on the phone with them. Right? I'm struggling, okay? Five years later, I'm struggling. All right? Ten years later, I'm struggling. Okay? Fifteen years, I'm struggling. Are we going to do something different? Right. Are we just going to struggle? So what do you want your financial future to to look like. Proverbs 29 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. So where I don't have a clear outlook, where I don't have goals, objectives, direction, plans, my money, my financial life perishes. 
So I have to have a plan. I may not know how I'm going to get there, but I, I know where I want to be in the future. I know what, what I want to have in the future. And here's, here's a key thought. Just think about this. The quality of my vision determines the quality of my future. What, what is the quality of your, is it a poor, if you have no vision, if it's poor quality, if it's average quality, that's going to be the future that you experience. And let me encourage you, don't wait on God. Don't wait on God to open up heaven and show you your future. You have, a, you have this gift and it's called free will. It was given to us in Genesis 1. Go back and read it. It's an amazing thing. But our problem is, is we squander it. Instead of exercising it. And saying, you know what? I got free will. Huh. Here's the, the picture of the future I'd prefer. Margin. Generational wealth, generosity. You have the power to do that. You, you don't have to stay stuck. What, what do you want your financial future to look like? And, um, you know, cu- currently, throughout, throughout my life, I've, um, the older you get, the more people you lose. Um. You want to have something to leave your children. The Bible says that a good man, woman, leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. Do I want to be in debt? Do I want my kids to take care of me? And no matter how old you are, I want to encourage you, you can reverse this right now. And I'm, I'm going to give you some how next week, but the quality of my vision determines the quality of my future. Don't leave it to happen chance that it's just going to happen. It's not just going to happen. I was telling my wife uh, yesterday um, that I, that's the major disconnect with Christians. We think that when we come to Christ, he's going to do it all. He's not. It's not the God we serve. He gives you everything you need. Right. He told Gideon, Gideon was in a valley. He said, go in the strength you have. Well, I'm the smallest clan and no one ever taught me and I don't understand. God's just like, how many more excuses? I'm getting a headache. I'm God. I don't even get headaches. I'm getting a headache. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Go in the strength you have. So whatever's in your hands, go in that strength. Start where you are. I know you're in a hole and, and it's a lot of debt. It's a lot of pressure that start right there. Right. Face it and, and let's go. Right. And I was telling my wife that um, you can be a, a teacher's favorite student. But does it guarantee you an A? They love you. You're cute. You're handsome. You're pretty. You're beautiful. You're funny. You're the quietest thing in the class. You got to study. You got to take the test. And the Bible says repeatedly, God tests us. Satan tempts us. God tests. You are God's favorite. 
but you got to pass the test. Number two, second consideration, my wiring, your wiring. How are you wired? Consider it. Consider it, okay? Because a lot of you are in the wrong industry or you're heading in the direction. Like, you're analytical, but you're trying to sell stuff. You're an embarrassment. Stop. It doesn't flow for you. Because you're not wired in that way. I came to help you. I've had three weeks off. I came to help you today. D- Dave Ramsey, um, maybe the leading financial expert in America right now, if not the world, he's a, he's a follower of Christ. He just put out a book called Baby Steps, Millionaires. Someone say you're wiring. You're wiring. Baby Steps, Millionaires. And they did, the, the Ramsey team did a survey of 10,000 millionaires, the largest survey of millionaires in history and they came out with the top five they came out with other things but one, one thing that was really intriguing the top five careers of millionaires this this is going to blow your mind because you'll think professional athlete and this and that and this and that all right number one accountant number two attorney engineer management and this one right here blew my mind the last one, I'm like, get, get out of here. Number five, teacher. Top five careers for millionaires. Come back next week. I'm going to show you how. But just know for now, because I'll show you how next week, but know for now that these people discover their wiring. How they, how they and they, they discovered it, developed it, and maximized it. They didn't sit on their talent. Right. They didn't stay at that eight to five for 20 years. They, they, they discovered it and they maximized it. It says this here, Psalm 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. This is important. And knit. Someone say knit. Knit me together in my mother's womb. So during that nine month process, it's the hand of God. It's God who is knitting that baby knitting you, put you together, wired you. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. David's in the mirror. He like, I'm fine. I'm handsome. I'm smart. I'm anointed. I'm rich. He said, devil, what? So how well I know it. Y'all ain't in here today. Y'all got them faces. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. Here it is again. As I was woven together. Someone say woven. As I was wired, God was putting every talent and every gift on the inside of you in the dark of the womb. And what we need to do now is discover our wiring. Because that's half the battle. You hate what you do. You don't thrive in what you do because you're not wired for it. And, and the sooner you can discover that, number one, the first thing that's going to happen is peace. Then you're going to have a joy. Then it's going to come natural. Then you're going to be impactful. Right? That, that's really where it all starts. Go ahead and write this down. A gift plus passion plus impact is the beginning of wealth. So how I'm wired Plus what I'm passionate about, plus impact, is the beginning of 
of wealth. I'll put it to you like this. What I'm good at, plus what I love, plus where I make a difference is the beginning of wealth. And we're not just talking about financial wealth. We're talking about peace and this idea of, man, I've discovered my sweet spot, my zone, my purpose. Now, hear me out. These won't always mesh when it comes to careers and jobs. And for the people who are blessed enough to step into this, it's amazing. But sometimes you do what you love on the side because you have bills to pay. But I love the DISC personality test. We give it to our superheroes anytime you go through super steps. And it's D-I-S-C. The D stands for dominant. So God wired certain people to take risks, to step out, to to innovate, to push the ball forward, right? And these are like your CEOs, your founders, your entrepreneurs. The eyes are influential people, right? right? And they're influencers. They move people. So these are artists and, and designers and, and so on and so forth. The S stands for steady. All right, these are your nurses and, 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 and you know, your faithful people who are moving, moving organizations forward. The C stands for compliant or conscientious these are the, the meticulous, the analytical people, the engineers, yeah. right? And so there are all these different spheres and sectors that God has created for you to fit into. So it's essential that you discover your wiring, right? Like my Chevy Suburban can't function in the ocean, right? Because it wasn't wired to. But a lot of us are Suburbans and we think we're boats, right? So that's how you get caught up in Ponzi schemes and selling stuff. Like, you are an administrator. You can't sell stuff, right? Right? And some of you are founders. You're supposed to be leading the way. But you're hiding with the 10 spies. You're afraid to step out. And you're dying in the wilderness when God is saying, you're a leader. You got to discover how you're wired because that's where you're going to find that flow zone or that momentum. All right. So this is crazy, too. So D, the dominant, the dominant uh, represents nine percent of the world's population. Nine percent. Those are your starters, your leaders. You're moving the ball forward. And so here it is. If I'm not a leader, I don't want to be a leader. Because I'm going to I'm going to attract some devils some challenges, some weight that I'm not built for, okay? Your influence, and everything else is pretty much even. Watch this. Influential people are 29. God is so funny. Steady people are 31% of world population. Compliant people are 31%. So there's a small number of people that were created by God to move society forward. Everyone else was created to become involved, to find that flow, to find their zone, and move it forward along with them. You have to find your wiring. You got to find it. So what what is my wiring? So here it is. Not everyone is wired to start a business that will thrive. You can start it, but it might not thrive. And so now you've incurred expenses. Man, I can't pay for the building. I can't pay the rent. I don't get enough customers because you're not wired for it. You can start it, but it might not move forward. Right? Here it is. Your wiring is an indicator of your industry. 
there's a reason you love science. There's a reason you love history. There's a reason you love math and you're good at it. It's an indicator of your industry. There's a reason why David was a shepherd as a little boy. Because before you can shepherd people, you got to shepherd sheep. There's a reason why David instituted a new way of worship. Because David knew how to play the liar when he was younger. And he was exceptional at it. So Moses was just a so far. David, when he becomes king, he brings in all of these instruments. Because from the age of 10 to 25, he's learned music. He was wired to be a king. Your wiring is an indicator of your industry. So on the way to uh, church this morning, I was asking my oldest one, just once again, so one of the questions that uh, Flourishing was like, uh, pretty much like, um, you know, given the schools today, how do we raise our kids and with all these different things going on? And I was just telling the ladies, like, you disciple them as you go. So on the way to church, I'm practicing my message, but I'm also discipling them. So I'm asking questions. I said, um, what, what are your favorite subjects? What are you good at? And it's so funny how it lines up. He said, um, I love Spanish and math. And he put science up there, too. And I said, well, what don't you like? He said, I really don't like history. So I know now that he's not going to be a historian. He may not be an attorney, so on and so forth, whatever. I said, well, aside from baseball, what industry attracts you the most? Like, when you think about it, what excites you the most? He said, medicine. Okay, so math, science, language. And I'm not trying to force him into anything. I'm just trying to help him self-discover. And so I said, what are you good at? He said, well, I'm curious. I'm optimistic. Um, I'm a hard worker. I love learning. I probably helped him find a sweet spot. I'm just trying to help him before he becomes an adult. And he's trying to be someone he's not supposed to be. You got to find your wiring. The Bible says that Bezalel, who was a, an engineer and an architect, the Bible says that when they were composing the tabernacle, which was a, a, a tent to worship God, God was going to come down. Moses, I've given you the gift to speak and to lead. That is a gift, the gift of leadership. But he said, I've given Bezalel my spirit, and I've given him skill and wisdom in all kinds of crafts. So Moses, you have no business building anything. And Bezalel has no business speaking to anybody from the stage. And so we go on Instagram, we're like, they speak from the stage. I want, you don't have the tongue to speak from the stage. You should be grabbing a brick, building something. Y'all don't want to clap for this, but I'm trying to help you get rich. Because being a teacher, that's not a millionaire, million dollar salary. An attorney is not a, an accountant. So, and that's the other aspect. Okay, let's add this to your equation. Okay, I'm, I'm in the zone right now. All right, so here it is. Um, gifting plus passion plus impact plus God's wisdom. And that's next Sunday. So you can make 50000 a year 
and in five or 10 years, depending on how you invest or save or steward, be a millionaire. So let's, what am I trying to say? You don't necessarily have to shoot so lofty in a career, but you do need to manage your finances. And I just believe that within five to 10 years, all of us in this room could be millionaires. Y'all mad at me? That's good news. So I ain't get no claps for that. I don't want to be a millionaire. Third consideration, my education. No, stop, Josh. Go back. Pull it down. Here it is. You will thrive in the industry that hosts your gifts. That hosts your gifts at. I want to encourage you with that. If you don't know much about me, I'll, I'll let you in. Um, no Bible college. Never stepped foot in a seminary. So you won't find any certificates in my house that have anything to do with scripture, church, none of it. So if that's what you need, this ain't the church for you. Love you. There's a lot of great ones around here. I have a biology degree. I have a bachelor's. And I don't even use it. Because I was trying to be something that I thought would lead to a salary. The great part about it is I was going 100%. So God knew that he could autocorrect me into the right direction. So he revealed my call and my purpose because I stewarded the wrong direction well. So even if you're confused about your direction, are you giving it your all? So that God can say, so that's that. But, you know, plan to go back to school and all that. One of my pastors, he's 46 years old, just got his PhD. Has no reason to go to school. Church is huge as get out. But on Instagram, about six months ago, he walked across the stage, got his PhD, because he, it's about growth. When, when you find your wire, you maximize it, right? The Bible says that David played the harp well. He was fine looking. He, was, he maximized his wire. Some of you are built for management, right? I, I'm broke. All right, well, go to school. No. Uh, move up the ladder. No. What do you want? <laughs> What do you want to do? <laughs> like do something. All right. So a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. All right. Number three, my education. Consider this. Okay, please. Went down to Orlando to help out our, my father. Um, he's 85. So we had to go down there dealing with some health issues the nurse was giving him medication, and behind her comes a, uh, a student nurse. And I was raised by an older man, so I don't ask women their age. It's disrespectful, whatever. So, but I was looking at her, and I'm like, you're probably, very smart. I was looking at her, and I'm like, you're probably, like, mid-40s thinking. And so just having some small talk, and she loved her previous industry. She worked in the airline industry for 15 years. But she said two things. 
She said, number one, I want to help people in a different way. And number two, I want to make more money. So I went back to school. And this is probably a 45-year-old woman. It's never too late to go back to school. It's never too late to reconsider your education. Let me, let me ask you this question. Go ahead and write this down. Am I living beneath my learning potential? Am I living beneath my learning potential? What is, what is learning potential? It's the capacity, if you're taking notes, to know more, do more, and gain more. The capacity. Are you living beneath that? potential are anytime school comes up are you throwing the debt excuse or it's not time yet or i don't want to i don't know uh, you know are you right are you living beneath your potential god told me to tell you this when i was studying key i got next to it i put key thought i put it in bold so i wouldn't forget it here it is oftentimes financial frustration is the mind saying i want to grow We think we're not making enough. There are not enough opportunities. No, it's your mind saying, like, yeah. you're beyond this place, yeah. and I want to grow. Yeah. Your mind is saying, I want to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about this. Often at the root of it, financial frustration is that. Right? It, it's, yeah. it's uh, come on now. It's I, I want to grow. I want to grow. And education is still where it's at. Why do you think the devil is attacking the school system so hard? Because education leads to understanding. Understanding leads to prosperity. So if I want to take a nation out, there are two things I'm going to mess with. The marriages, gender ideology, and education. Y'all are not here today. Y'all are, where are we at? Are we here? Those are the three things I'm going to mess with. I'm going to confuse you about who you are. I'm going to take out the marriages and I'm going to devalue education. All the while, a nation that doesn't love God knows who they are, is staying married, and is going to school. I think you might need to go back to school because you're a doctor. You're a PhD, but you've been sitting on your butt for six years, worried about some stupid debt. And that first year salary can wipe all that out. Get your butt up. Get back in school. Consider it. Consider it. Stop talking about your boss. Be the boss. Well, you know, I'm just waiting on this opportunity to come through, you know. You've been waiting for 15 years. One of my heroes in the faith, I got enough time, great. One of my heroes in the faith um, was raised by a single mother. He's still alive to this day. Raised by a single mother in inner city Detroit. I mean, everything, murder, gang activity, drugs, divorce, violence, abuse, surrounded by dysfunction. But she kept her two boys in church. And she, she didn't know how to read herself, 
but she required a book report every week. And whenever they would turn it into her, she would act like she could read and like just give it, just <laughs> give it back to him. And so this individual had a bad anger issue growing up. And in his book, Gifted Hands, he writes about how there was an occasion in middle school where he got into a scuffle with a, with a classmate at lunch. And this day, he brought a shank or a fake, fake knife. So they were fighting him. And it says in his book that he took that knife out and he went to, he went for the kill. He went for that midsection. He dropped his knife because the boy took a deep breath. <gasps> and so he was shocked too because he really thought he stabbed him. The boy lifted up his shirt and thank God there was this big metal belt buckle that prevented the knife from going in. And so he was sh so shaken that he ran home that day, skipped school, ran home, locked himself in the bathroom for the next seven hours took the Bible into the bathroom, prayed that the Lord would take the spirit of anger away, gave his life to Jesus, and while he was in that bathroom, read the entire book, all 31 chapters of Proverbs, devoted his life to Jesus, and instantly became a straight-A student. And God gave him the gift as he gave Daniel. The Bible says that God gave Daniel the ability to understand all manner of literature. God can give you that ability. And, and what, what he has a movie called Gifted Hands as well. The movie shows that God gave him this gift to, to take tests, and he would see the answers lift off the page. And he would be able to understand the subject matter before the teacher finished teaching the subject matter. He had this gift resident in him for all these years, but he didn't know it until he tapped into Christ. And then God showed him that he had gifted hands. So he was able to... Um, to take apart uh, two conjoint twins at the head successfully. He was the first uh, neurosurgeon to ever do that. And Dr. Ben Carson became this world-renowned neurosurgeon and presidential candidate years later. All, why? Because of God's wisdom and a quality education. These are American values. These are, these are still values. Daniel had wisdom. He was educated. Joseph had wisdom. He was educated. Esther and Ruth were educated. David was educated. Jesus grew in knowledge, educated. Paul was top tier before he started serving Christ. He was the best of the best, educated. I don't know where we get off thinking that God is just going to do something and give us something. We got to go get... What Lecrae say? I got to go get it. I got to go get it. Spread the ops out. Spread the ops out. I'm having a moment. Y'all don't listen to Lecrae. I got to go get it. I got to go get it. Because I can't just sit here. I got breath. I got strength. Come on. Come on. Come on. I got to go get it. What, what you want? Can I talk real to you like I talk, like I talk to my wife, like I talk to my kids? What you want? You don't have to be stuck. You choose to be stuck. Another thing, get, get away from your friends. Them non-dreaming, neutral, negative friends, they don't, they go be broke. 
Y'all butts are tight in here today. Get away from them friends. I don't care if you're 45, 55, 60, go back to school. You got to go get it. But Pastor, you ain't telling me nothing. Okay, hold on. It doesn't matter if you come from the inner city, whatever your context. People who fell in life are people who find lots of excuses. It's never too late for a person to recognize that they have potential in themselves. Dr. Ben Carson. People who fell in life are people who make a lot of excuses. I'm sitting in a room surrounded by geniuses. Geniuses online. You have to go get it. It will change when you make the decision. God will give you the grace when you make the decision to change. There's a lot of prosperity to be had. We have a kingdom to advance, family to build, a nation to build. You got to go get it. God is calling you to, to a higher level, to a higher dimension. As long as you're alive, there's more on the inside of you. U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, high school diploma, 40,000. Some college, 48,000. Associates, 51,000. Bachelors, 80,000. Masters, 98,000. Doctorate, 141,000. Professional degree, 152,000. It's pretty simple. The higher the education, the higher the compensation. So I don't know who was in here thinking about quitting school this week. Don't do it. Because your financial future is a reality. To acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. To acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. To acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. To acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. This is the word of God. This is what God has to say about it. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, someone say knowledge. knowledge. Its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. Yeah. 